0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
0: Lady AD Show, welcome to talking about books. Anything about books, from reading them, from writing them, to publishing them. From the technical detail of how to get your book into print to just talking about the process of being an author and anything to do with books that would please a bibliographile. with Terry Stafford, author and fellow AAE um, colleague. So it's great to speak with you today, Terry.
1: It's great to be here, lady. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. And we're we're moving on from your Strings of Faith, which was your first novel. Is that right?
1: Yes. Strings of Faith was in uh, the fall of 2016. I released that one.
0: Okay. And now we're looking at Kentro, which is your forthcoming novel.
1: Correct. That one's to be released in June.
0: Right. Super. And what I've been really interested in is that you've taken Kentro through the beta reading process. Right. Now, am I right in thinking Strings of Faith didn't go that route, or did you do beta reading with Strings of Faith as well?
1: I I did not do uh, the beta reader system. I, I had some folks just read it for me. We called it proofreading at the time, but I guess it's not officially called proofreading.
0: Do you see a difference between proofreading and beta reading?
1: The more I'm learning as an editor, um, proofreading is actually like the final step. Once you've got everything formatted, uh, you're just about ready to send it off to the printer. Uh, then you send it to a proofreader just to do a final check. Is it, does it look good? Does it read good? Any glaring mistakes?
0: Yes, where's that typo come from, which you're convinced that it wasn't there every time you looked at it, yes.
1: Exactly, exactly. So proofreading is kind of the last step before you go to print.
0: Terry, I see that you've gone to the beta readers themselves through a different website. What website is that?
1: It's called betabooks.co.co.
0: Excellent. betabooks.co. I'll make sure I put that link in the podcast um, detail. I've been lucky enough to actually be one of your beta readers. And I have to say I find that site so easy to use. It's lovely.
1: It it really is. It it makes it um it makes it easy for everyone. It makes certainly makes it easy for the author. Uh, to invite people into that website and you can keep track of who's saying what all in the same place i had about 20 so
0: tell me more about how you what did you have to set out for your beta readers
1: first of all people you know when you send it out like that i think there's always a concern that that they think they're going to be editors and editing is really not your your focus so when you start putting your chapters up and you just you put them up a chapter at a time kind of set out your goals. There's a place for instructions there, what you're looking for. You're really looking for flow. You know, does the story make sense? Uh, do the characters come across okay? And and each chapter may be a little bit different. You may be looking for something else. So every time I uploaded a chapter, I just put in some things that I was curious about. You know, does does this scene work? You know, does the emotion come out, you know, the way I was intending it to come out? So you get real specific. But if You know, if, if folks start getting bogged down in typos and and stuff like that, you're really missing the focus because this was early on. This was an early beta. I had actually just gotten the first draft finished, uh, and sent it out to the beta. So I, I wanted to get it cleaned up, get the story right. And, uh, before I sent a final edit, uh, final draft off to the editor, which is where it's at now.
0: So is it right that the beta readers usually see that very first uh, manuscript, which hasn't been sort of cleaned up?
1: Right. Yeah, I I wanted to get it early. And, there, you know, different authors probably have different views on how to do it. But I wanted to get it early. I mean, I did go through and edit just to make sure really glaring mistakes weren't there. But I did want to get it to the beta readers early, you know, which is the whole idea of beta anything, getting it to them early
0: okay and um, what has been your biggest surprise in the whole of this process
1: i was sort of amazed at the quality of the feedback i mean people there were few people you being one of them that uh, <laughs> that actually took time you know to think about the storyline and and what does it mean all the way to the way the book ended and I was always concerned. I was calling it a, as far as categorizing, I was calling it a political thriller, but I didn't feel like there was actually enough thrill in there to call it a thriller. So, uh, I started just calling it a political mystery, but, and this is my first attempt at this, at that genre, but the ending was very predictable. And I, and I've heard from you and a, and a couple other folks that it was like, you know, you could, you could put a, a twist at the end of this and, and that's what I'm going to do. I, oh I need like to. So- yeah, that's, I need to do that like post edit. <laughs> when I get it back <laughs> from the editor, I need to do some rewriting.
0: Oh, no, that, that makes it even more exciting for when it does come out in June. Yeah. And Kentro was an interesting title, wasn't it? Did you come up with that yourself or was that something that you asked people's uh, opinion on?
1: I actually came up with it myself, just playing around with Google, actually. Um, because, I mean, the book is about moving the, uh, the nation's capital to the center of the country, uh, the geographic center of the country. So I was trying to think, okay, center, you know, is there anything I could do there? And you're just out of curiosity, I, I Googled, you know, what is Greek for center, and that's what came up with Kentro.
0: Kentro. Hmm. I like books sometimes that have just like one word as their hmm. title as well. It, it, it's very intriguing. How much of your ego as an author do you have to put aside then when other people, Commenting on your work?
1: Well, there's a little bit of that. It, it was so early. I wasn't really m- married to the manuscript. I mean, it was, I, I knew it wasn't going to be anywhere near perfect and it never will be, but I don't have a problem with that. I, I can see, you know, where some, some authors might. There was, there was actually one reader that wasn't very helpful. I mean, she was more uh, critical. Why would you even say that? And then, not follow up with what I should have said, you know, so that, and that was only one and she actually quit. uh She disengaged after first few chapters. So I don't know if she doesn't read that genre or, or what, but she obviously was not intrigued with my writing style. You know, that dug a little bit just, just because of some of the comments, I won't go into the details, but some of the comments she made, you know, it was just a little hurtful, but, There again, I just assume she doesn't read that genre.
0: Where did the beta readers come from? Were they all known to you?
1: Most of them were. I actually sent out an invitation through my email list and asked those who might be interested uh, to let me know. And then I would invite them into the beta books system. There's an invitation system in there. And then some of the Facebook groups that I'm member of, I put the word out there and got a few 10% of the beta readers. I did not know who they were. And that's, that's always, you know, I, it's a little concerning when you get people that you do know, especially friends and family, because they won't be as critical. and <laughs> No,
0: the <way>. they <laughs> won't be nice. They want you to you know, have a cup of coffee with them again sometime. Yes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it's always nice to get, uh, to get participation from folks that you do not know, just like book reviews. I always enjoy reviews on Amazon better from those folks who mm. I do not know. You know, then you're really getting.
0: That's right. And it, it feels not that it's not genuine from those that you do know, but it, it does have more of the edge of, Oh my goodness. People are really reading this because they exactly. want to.
1: Exactly. Not because they
0: feel obliged or committed in some way.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: The ending has changed because of beta reading. Anything else that you learned along the way which you wouldn't have done if you hadn't gone through the beta reading system?
1: Uh, some things that I did not know would raise so much attention, and I don't know why I do this, but I I put in some pretty edgy language at first, and um, colorful language, I call it. And I don't know why I do that. I mean you know as you as a christian you know it's not going to go very far and so i always edited it out the first time uh, but that that came to several people's attention it's you know why why would a christian even talk like that and so i took it out it it, it was no big deal and, and i knew it added absolutely nothing to the story um so there was no need for it so i took it out and that didn't hurt my feelings at all i did that on my first novel um i i guess i'm trying to make it sound authentic and you know, having been in the environments um that both of those books were taking place in, how people talk. And I was just trying to capture that, but after the first edit it's like, it's not even necessary. So I take it out. So that was a big lesson learned, I guess. I sort of already knew that, but it, it was a lesson learned. Um some things people questioned, you know, would they really do that? Or one example is uh the character has made a couple, uh, a couple of his friends are actually pastors at a church. And, but he was, there was this reluctance for him to actually join the church. And it was brought to my attention. It was like, well, wait a minute. You've gone through six years and the guy has a friend as a pastor and he never did join a church. You know, is that realistic? And I, I think that was great input and I'm going to fix that. I mean, there are just <laughs> things that are, that are, uh, you know, easily repairable, uh, that you could add in with a, You know, maybe a sentence in the whole book is all it takes to to change the direction or uh, change your view of a character, change the reader's view of a character. It's easy. It's easy to do that once you realize it needs to be done. And, you know, as the author, when you're writing, you don't see these things. It's all a very interesting process.
0: So there's quite a different role, isn't there, from an author communicating a story to the reader taking it in and processing it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because of the way I write, um, I'm what, what you would call a pantser, you know, uh, there's a panzer and a planner. And, um, but I, I know where I want the book to end, uh, roughly. And I might have some ideas along the way, but when I start writing in the morning, I write early in the morning. I don't know where the story's going to go that day and characters will lead me. So what I basically do is I have a, a movie playing in my head. And I see what's going on. And I just start, I try to write fast enough to capture it. But what, you know, as you're doing that, you might start assuming things. I mean, you see things that you didn't get down in words. So when the reader reads it, they're missing it. You know, it's like they're not watching the same movie that you're watching. So, um, you know, they catch you in in things. And it's like, what what do you even mean by that? So it was like, I knew exactly what I meant. But a reader is not in my head. You know, they're not watching that same movie.
0: That's a great analogy. Part of the putting it right and doing your next redraft is is making sure that the movie is playing for everybody. I'm just thinking, were you surprised at how engaged your readers became with your characters?
1: I was. I mean, when they started calling out names and, you know, in their descriptions, of in their feedback, you know, names just started coming out, and the way they were saying it and describing this person and that person, it was like people we knew, mutual friends that they were describing to me. And uh, why did they do that? You know, and, you know, why did why did Brandon even do that? And, you know, and they start the names start flowing off the tongue like, "Well, this is a real story." You know, this is this is real people. So that was pretty. Cool.
0: Was there any point where some of the readers were they making in agreement with each other? On their feedback, or were they all completely different?
1: The, the really big points I had uh, multiple inputs on, like the ending. Um, it was like that was kind of obvious and I knew it. You know, it's one of those things that it was bugging me too, because it was like the antagonist is just too obvious all the way through. So, you know, you know how it's going to end. And that I got that from multiple readers and, um, I even went back to a couple of them and, said, and asked them, "What if, you know, what if the an, uh the antagonist ended up being so and so?" And instead, and it was like one of them said, y-, "Well," a couple of them said, "Yes, absolutely, that that would make the twist that you need." One of them said, "No, I I kind of like that other guy." Yeah. So I don't know. Once you've read the story, you kind of expect it to stay the story. I mean
0: yeah it's wondering how many red herrings you can actually put in there because the reader wants to try and beat you to the ending
1: through. exactly
0: um mm-hmm. and then at the end, it's either yeah, I was right or whoa, it didn't end the way I thought it would
1: you know, like I said, this is my first attempt at mystery, and I had never ever actually you know saw myself as a mystery writer, uh, not even on. A fiction writer, to tell you the truth, when I first started writing. But you know, this is the second one through, and I, I really love doing this. So you know, be, being a novelist is is what I think I will be. Completely unbeknownst to me, a few years ago.
0: So. Right. So this is your niche that you've just discovered through writing.
1: I, I believe so, and and a lot of my friends and it's they're writing books to support coaching or you know they're speaking. You know, things like that. And I kept thinking I needed to be doing something like that because everybody else is doing it. But in all actuality, I think I'm just going to be an author. I mean, you know, there are there are things you need to do later on. But right now, I just want to get a few books out. I'm always told that you're not going to get any traction as an author until you've got three or four books out, you know, that can start feeding off of each other. So that's all I'm working on right now. I just want to write books. I want to get content content written. I don't want to create courses. I don't want to, if that comes organically later on, I'll, you know, I'll consider it. But right now, I just want to write books. And as it turns out, I want to write novels.
0: Uh, and the stories are great. And I love the fact your main character, Brendan Mastocker, mm-hmm. and you've put on the cover a Brendan Mastocker novel so it gives right. the indication that the character will appear in other novels.
1: That's the plan. Yep, yeah, that's the excellent.
0: plan. So we can follow through his life and the difference he makes.
1: You know, this character Brandon McStocker. He's he's a very senior project manager, and um, I I went that route. You know, to to do the story from his perspective because project management is what I know. I mean that was that was my day job for many many years, and. So I thought, well, that might be kind of cool, you know, from a, from a different perspective.
0: As an author, then how much of you is in your characters?
1: Quite a bit, especially in this one, uh, Brandon McStocker and the, the name McStocker. In fact, one of my, uh, beta readers said that, that name doesn't flow off the tongue very well at all. You know, it's kind of a harsh name. I picked the McStocker because that's actually the Celtic roots of Stafford. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. I just thought that would be kind of fun. I mean, there was no real reason for it because that part doesn't come into the story. You know, the whole Celtic roots of Stafford.
0: How much, as North, when you're taking on board what your beta readers tell you, what the feedback they have for you, how much do you go, yeah, I get what you mean, but no, I'm not changing that?
1: There were a few of those. I I can't think of anything that I just out and out put aside. There was, there was one something and I can't even remember what it was. Now it was, it was so minor. I guess I just put it out of my mind, but, um, not much. I mean, I took everything I saw. Um, I can't think of any, you know, the readers that I knew that were engaged and that brought things up to me. I, I always considered it there. There may have been a few minor things that, you know, where I said, no, no, this is what I meant and I kind of want to stick with this line. So
0: quite important to be quite strong. And not try to please your readers. Then, at this right?
1: Point. Exactly. I mean, you know, you know what your story is, and it is your story. Even at that, an editor, a good editor, is going to tell you straight up, "This is your story." You know, I'm, I'm giving you these edit edits. I'm giving you these recommendations, but it's your story. You know, you can ignore everything I say.
0: Everybody's in agreement that they want to get the best. And, and, help you to be the best uh, writer that you can be too. Uh,
1: yeah, you have to be open to, to the criticism where it's just going to be all you and that's not you.
0: But have you done any beta reading yourself?
1: I have not through the beta dot code system, not through that, but I've had, you know, authors uh, send me their manuscripts so I could read through and, and help them out. Even on that side of the equation, it's difficult not to become an editor. Because, you know, I know that's not really what they're looking for, but I see, you know, typos and I want to correct them. But it's really distracting from what they want at that point. But, you know, there again, even as a reader, you, you have to make sure you're clear on, on what the author is asking you to do. And I think I'll be a little more, you know, as I read for people in the future. If they're not telling you what they want, you know, if they just send me a manuscript and say, will you read this for me? I'm probably going to start asking questions. You know, what, what is it that you're wanting me to do?
0: Would you recommend betabook.co?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's too easy not to use. And for, I think for an author not to get beta readers early on is a mistake because you can, you can you can correct your storyline very soon, so then you know all your subsequent edits will make more sense.
0: Presume you will carry on using beta book dot co.
1: Absolutely, it's uh it's like I said, it's too easy not to use.
0: Any more advice than what you've just said would you give to forthcoming authors, whether they write fiction or nonfiction about beta reading?
1: Get it written, <laughs> just just write and um. You know, we we were talking earlier on about all the distractions, and you know, you you're worried, especially early uh, young authors. They're wanting to learn about writing, which is all well and good, but don't forget to write. Get it written. Stay focused. Get through the story. Get through the book, beginning to end, and then get out of your head. You know, it's you know, let other people look at it. Get other eyes on it. Let them help. Listen to what they're saying.
0: Well, thank you so much, Terry, for your time. This has been wonderful. We really look forward to Kentro coming out. Those that want to know more about your previous books, Strings of Faith, and your, uh, is it joy or something about joy or writing? Or uh, joy f- of-
1: freedom, Freedom to Worship.
0: Freedom to worship. And
1: that was my, that was my first book. That's actually a nonfiction. It was a true story.
0: This has got, this still has got music in it, has it? Hasn't it, Kentro? A
1: little, uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. So the fiddle and
0: that whole genre of music is so key to you that you would need it in your stories.
1: Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll probably always be there. It's so much a part of me. So just as you can see, right here it's just kind of a big part of me and
0: yeah you've even featured it in your name terry stafford on your on your website it's part of your logo yeah
1: i yeah. i was i've been working a lot on my website lately so yeah
0: find out more certainly can people sign up so that they get to know when exactly it's coming out
1: yes you can go to the website dot com. And, uh, you can sign up there and, and, uh, you will be added to my email list and I'll keep you posted on, on how things are going. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you very much for your time, Terry. And I look forward to actually having that copy in my, in my hands to read properly as a finished article, uh, come the summer.
1: Well, thank you very much, lady. It was a, a joy being here and I look forward to reading your books as well. But, uh, Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having
0: me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this podcast all about books. Such a passion for me. So much so, if you have got a book in you, a dream to write a book, I can help you. I can coach you through it. I can mentor you and I can lay out your books. It is so beautiful that when you print it out, you just can't wait to show it to your friends and sell it on to wonderful customers. LadyAD.com. Contact me. Email me lady at lady80.com and let's see if we've got a match to make a book your dream book come true
1: and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us. Call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.
0: Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.